it's the secret thing. Like he's just willing you it, put and, it, it and it comes to him. Yes. manifesting, yeah. and I'm yes. doing it right now. That Jason's chair will fall over. Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Popular Science's Techathlon, tech news through games, trivia, and mostly friendly competitions. I'm your host, Jason Letterman, and playing along with me today are Corinne, Captain Carol Danvers Iozio. That would be me. Stan, Captain Steve Rogers Horacek. That's the guy from the Donald Duck cartoons, right? Yes. Okay. It's one of the many Chris's. And Rob, Colonel Nick Fury Verger. I left my eye patch at home today, sadly. Oh, too bad. But I mean, what is good for Rob, though, is he currently outranks me and Stan. Yeah. I'm very important. The most important, in fact. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> we could just probably settle on the smartest, compromise. <laughs> and, and most handsome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you guys actually know what we're talking about? Because I have no idea. <laughs> <what's happening>. <laughs> <laughs> These are characters from the Avengers or the Marvel Cinematic ah. Universe. Avengers Endgame comes out this Friday. We'll get into a game a little bit later about that. But first up, let's play the Decathlon Decathlon. Woo! Ten trivia questions to catch you up on the week's tech news. I'll ask our panel about what's been happening in the tech world since our last episode. They'll buzz in to answer and get points for each question they answer correctly. They'll also have the opportunity to steal any question that their fellow panelists answer incorrectly, as long as it's not true or false or multiple choice. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game will win a fabulous prize. Let's get started. Question number one. The first major foldable phone, the Samsung Galaxy Fold, is here. Pre-orders opened up on the night of April 14th. Approximately how many days was the pre-order site live before Samsung sold out its devices? I'll give you four choices. A, less than a day. B, one day. C, two days. Or D, three days. Corinne. Two days. That is correct. Woo, blind guessing is the best. So the device will cost nearly $2,000 and comes in a variety of colors, but press outlets that got advanced units for review are already reporting that screens are breaking after just one day. I mean, whoops! raise your hand if you're surprised. Nobody raised their hands. Exactly. We knew this was going to be a problem. Even Corning, who is sort of, you know, the glass magnate, is like, yeah, kind of still working on how to make screen that yeah. bends and don't break. Corning said the glass they want to make for it isn't going to be ready until at least 2020. And like this is like the screen's just massively breaking. Like half of them just doesn't work anymore. This also wouldn't be the first time that the first generation of something was a spectacular failure in the category went on to work out. There's not really very many of these out in the world. Yet. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to know right now, like, is this the beginning of a Galaxy Note 7 type disaster for Samsung? Or is it just a few glitches here and there that they're going to smooth out? It's hard to know. Yeah, that will look back on and be like, wow, remember in the early stages when that happened? Yeah. So yeah. There, there's still a long way to go. I, I don't know if it's just me being a naive idiot is just like I still have faith in the folding phone for some reason. Like I think it's so ridiculous that I'm just – I think I'm, <laughs> I want it to work out. It seems like a hard engineering problem to solve and it's the kind of thing like you want the company to get right for a folding phone is that the screen doesn't break or crease. Yeah. Maybe the people who broke it shouldn't have been trying to use it as a taco shell. Mm-mm. Talk or, about a bad use for a folding oh, phone. No, oh, Rob. no, Rob. Okay, right, let's move on. Next on question. Now. Question number two. <laughs> The hack of a customer service account at a major tech company gave hackers access to a lot of information, ranging from birthdays and calendars of email accounts to subject lines and email bodies. According to Motherboard, the hackers had access to the material for more than six months, while an official statement says it was only one to three months. To what company did this customer service account belong? 
Stan. Microsoft. Microsoft is correct. So if you use Hotmail, MSN, or Outlook for your personal email, not an enterprise account, you should have gotten a notification from Microsoft about the breach. I have such an absurd number of Microsoft accounts that I have to assume that every bit of information, like I've, I, I have a live.com one, I have an outlook.com one, and yeah. a hotmail that won't die because I don't know the password <laughs> to it. That's the thing. I think I might have ended up locked out of the many multiple Microsoft accounts that I have on the various platforms just because they've been existing for a very long time and I never use them. Yeah, and you had to have them for a while. Like it was linked up to my Xbox account or to yeah. your. I have so many. I have all these edgy Hotmail account names that I got when I was like in high school. <laughs> oh yeah, it was de- my Hotmail account was definitely the pre. Oh, my email address should be my name because I'm asking people for jobs now. Email address. Oh, mine was don't talk to me with all the vowels taken out because I was like 16 and grumpy. <laughs> didn't talk to. Me. Yeah. That's how my dad still texts. Do you guys know how Hotmail got its name? They tried to figure out a way to make a word out of HTML, and that's how they got Hotmail. That's adorable. Mm. Question number three, the bad news didn't stop there for Microsoft. John Page, a researcher who deals with computer research, released proof that hackers could get into your computer if what Microsoft program exists on it, regardless of whether or not you use the program. Rob. Skype? Skype is incorrect. Anybody else want to take a guess? Karen. Microsoft Word? Microsoft Word is not correct. Stan? I'm going to guess PowerPoint because I want to give PowerPoint a bad reputation because only jerks use it. It is the worst. It is not PowerPoint. It's Internet Explorer. All right. It just gets more complicated because you're trying to, you're like, man, Microsoft, I'm trying to use your browser and like... They keep updating it, and the new version is built on the Chrome platform now, so it works differently than the old version of Edge, which was the replacement for Internet right. Explorer. So this is not Edge, though. It's it's, it's actual Internet, Internet, Internet Explorer, Internet Explorer is which is still who... coming on versions of Windows 7 and Windows 10. Right, it's but that's what I mean. Like, it, yeah, you, so you, it's you, can't, you can't get it without those. Also, it, it affects users of Windows Server 2012 R2. But yeah, it comes on these programs, and you have to manually delete it. There's no way to order it without Internet Explorer. Are we sunsetting or are we sunsetting? Let's make up our minds. And it used to be fundamental. Like you used to use the same basic thing to like fart around in your computer than you did on the web. Like it's the same interface. Uh, if you used Internet Explorer a lot when you were <laughs> younger, it probably still has that spot in your heart where you're like, oh. I hate you so much, but I need you. <laughs> now, now I'm not going to click on you, but <laughs> I just yeah. like knowing you're there. Now it's re- well, and you couldn't delete it for a while. Yeah. Now, now you must delete it, or you'll you'll die. Or it's you like open a, yourself up to vulnerabilities, like a Shakespearean play that I didn't read. Number four. Last week, users of VR motion controllers were treated to a pretty creepy Easter egg. Messages on the internal hardware that said things like, Big Brother is watching, and Hi, I fix it, we see you. Apparently, they were only meant for prototypes, but shipped with tens of thousands of controllers. To which company do the creepy motion controllers belong? Rob. Oculus. Oculus is correct. It's the touch controllers for the new Rift S and Quest headsets. Other messages included, This space for rent and the Masons were here. 
I think Jordan Miner from Geek.com put it best when he wrote, quote unquote, joking about spying on users isn't that funny coming from a Facebook product that you hold up to your eyeballs. My hunch here is that this is like some dumb engineering humor that some just random employees put in there and it, it snuck out. And they obviously shouldn't have done it, but it looks bad for Facebook. If this was a marketing ploy, like if this accidentally got pushed out to some press units on purpose, it's real dumb. And it is super tone deaf. I I want to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that this is really just a stupid error that slipped through. Um, I can't really buy that they would steer into their horrible reputation skid that hard. Yeah, I'm with Corinne on this one. It just sounds like it's an accident and it's a bad one. Question number five is another multiple choice question. The successor to the PlayStation 4 was announced by Wired in an exclusive last week. The console, presumably called the PlayStation 5, though that technically hasn't been confirmed, will support up to 8K resolution, ray tracing, and have a solid-state drive, which will greatly speed up rendering and motion within games. The system will also be backwards compatible, so you can play PS4 games on the next generation. The console is expected sometime in 2020, which means it will come out how many years after the PS4? A5, B7, C9, or D10? Corinne. Five. Five is incorrect. Oh. The answer is seven. Seven? Really? That seven. thing came out in 2012? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was on the in pro. In 2013. Pro. I was on the pro. I answered the wrong question. As soon as you said it, I was like, I bet you're thinking of the pro. I'm thinking of the Because you said it with such confidence. Because I was thinking of the upgrade to the PS4. Question number six. Last June, Google announced that it would be bringing an AI-centered Africa, the first on that continent. Last week, it finally opened in which African country? Rob. South Africa? South Africa is incorrect. Corinne? Kenya? Kenya is also incorrect. Stan, you want to take a guess? I don't know. Ghana? Ghana is correct. Yes. Oh, my God. What just happened? I am going to beat all of you at this game. <laughs> in a tweet, Google in Africa said the vision of the head of the center, Mustafa Sis, is, quote, to build an Africa AI center that builds technology that can be deployed to the world as well as advance the science. I have a friend who lives in Ghana, and it seems awesome, actually. So, like, that was literally, I was like, what's, looks cool there? Uh, maybe they're doing it. Yeah, know. that's that's where they're doing Although it. I'm pretty sure they're eventually just going to move all this to space, right? Because uh, <laughs> Amazon's trying to launch internet yeah. uh, satellites. Satellite thing. Yeah, it's, it's all just going to be in space. We definitely day. need more junk in orbit. That's a really excellent plan. Question number seven. The Wall Street Journal reported last week that a potential merger between T-Mobile and Sprint is now unlikely to happen. According to the newspaper, the $26 billion deal needs some major changes before the Justice Department will approve it to move forward. As of now, it violates antitrust laws. This isn't the first time that America's number three and four cell phone carriers have tried to merge this decade, though. In what year did the last potential merger fall apart? Sorry, it's the same two companies? The same two companies, T-Mobile and Sprint. Yeah, they tried. They've pre- tried this so many they times. They tried pre this president, and now they're trying again with this <laughs> Yeah, president. they're just taking a swing. Corinne. 2015. 2015 is incorrect, okay. but it's not the most recent one. Rob, you want to take a stab at it? 2016. You were the closest, but it's 2017. So twice with this president. Twice with this president. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the official report said that it's not probably not going to get approved as is, which means they're, they're almost tweaking. certainly going to yeah. try this. The Wall Street Journal again. said major changes, quote right. unquote. The competition thing is interesting because even if they merge, 
the top two are still going to be the top two. Like, yeah. They're just going to merge up to number three. It's not like they're merging to number one or even number two. And the gap between two and three will remain vast. Huge. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, I don't know. I don't anyway, know one and two works. are Verizon and AT&T, if anybody else hadn't gotten there. Question number eight, and I don't want to alarm anyone, but this is the first time since we started the decathlon, decathlon that Stan is winning. I declare myself the winner most times, that's, and that's really all that that's, counts. That's not how secret. points work. Question number eight. T-Mobile got some positive press this week, though, when it announced it was teaming up with Comcast to combat robocalls and would likely pair up with other carriers in the coming months. According to the Washington Post, Americans received 18.7 million robocalls in 2017 and 26.3 million in 2018, a 46% increase. Several cell phone carriers, including T-Mobile, are now using a new protocol to verify the identity of callers. The protocol's full name is Signature-Based Handling of Asserted Information Using Tokens and the Secure Telephone Identity Revisited. Rolls right off the tongue. What is the more colloquial James Bond-esque name that the protocol is known as? Rob. What is Spectre? Wait, just Spectre. <laughs> Sorry, I've watched way too much Jeopardy in my life. Spectre. Spectre is incorrect. That is an extremely good guess, though. Thank you. Can you yeah. say the whole name again, please? Signature-based handling of asserted information using tokens and the secure telephone identity revisited. Yes, Boskatak. <laughs> <laughs> right. MI6. Spot active. No, it's, it, it's shaken stir. Somebody definitely had to have named that for the acronym, right? Well, I mean, isn't that NASA's stuff just doesn't magically have amazing acronyms. They You have to work backwards sometimes yeah, yeah. to get there. I've sort of been boycotting this kind of story because I'm so mad at the mobile networks for letting this happen so frequently. It's and so now bad. wanting to be like, look at what we're doing to help you. Because I refuse to believe that they can't. Like, they know exactly how yeah. much Hulu I watch down to the second but, like, you can't just look at a thing that's sending out a, a zillion phone calls. Please don't hang up. We're, we're calling about your car's warranty. Like, uh, oh, like You've won a cruise. Or if something's calling me from my area code and my exchange, which is the first, the middle three numbers of your phone number, literally that is never an actual human. I know two people that have the same area code and the exchange, and that's, that's And those it. numbers I, are programmed in your phone already, aren't they? Yes. Exactly. I like when robocalls call me because then I have somebody to talk to. A fellow robot, hello. <laughs> what exactly. about it when it's one of the ones not speaking English? What do you do then? We just switch straight into binary. It's just robot to robot. Oh, perfect. Question number nine. True or false, last week Netflix finally announced it would start releasing more data about its viewer metrics. Rob. True. Yeah, it's true. It's still unclear what kind of data and how frequently they're going to release it, but they said they want to be more transparent. I think one of the funny things was that they were like, we added 5 million new people, but that fell short of the 6 million new people they were <laughs> expecting to get, which is such a crazy amount of considering how many users they already have. It's almost 150 million. Like how many million. people do you have left, Netflix? Yeah, I, it's crazy that people were like, you only added 5 million new accounts, Netflix, boo-hoo. Downgrade the stock. Well, yeah. so what I start to wonder, though, when they start releasing their viewership, their audience numbers, right? Nielsen doesn't do that so we know what the popular shows are, right? They do it so that shows can say to advertisers, look how many people watch this show. So to me, this is just potentially a first step in that process for Netflix. 
Oh, to get advertising? Oh, for sure. Why? Mm. Like, there's no reason that I need those numbers. There's no reason that you need those numbers. But somebody who wants to sponsor a show wants those numbers. And question number 10, the final question of the round. Last Thursday, Pinterest officially IPO'd with shares opening at a value of $23.75 per share. In its filing with the SEC, Pinterest said its user base is 250 million people, about 43% of internet users, including 8 out of 10 moms, and what percentage of millennials? I'll give you four choices. A, 40%, B, 50%, C, 55%, or D, 60%. Corinne. D, 60%. Is incorrect. It's Aww. B, 50%. Half of millennials are on Pinterest. Also, my dad, I found out. Also, your dad. I was thinking that they wouldn't have bragged that number unless it was the highest. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, one out of two of the people with the most potential spending power going forward, like, that isn't a very compelling case to me. Am I alone? Am I too skeptical? Well, maybe there's a lot of people like me who like an elder millennial who's a trash bag full of bad ideas that don't belong on Pinterest. No. I just hate when I Google something specific and then it ports me to a Pinterest page and I can't view the thing if I don't log in. It makes me very grumpy. I do a lot of really ill-advised Google searches just for things where I... It's your job, dude. Yeah, but it's for things I either hate or I know are going to make me mad or something like that. And a lot of times I end up on Pinterest pages for things I hate. But now all of my recommendations are like... Go look at the Flat Earth Pinterest page. Like I get emails recommending that I look at that because I've of my bad choices in the past. I'm reminded. They haunt me. That is the story of the internet, Stan. Yeah. Forever. You can't forget any of the terrible things you were ever once curious about. It's just a shame spiral. The Pinterest shame spiral. All right, guys. We have a tie Uh-oh. between Stan and Rob. At two so, each, right? At two each. And so I'm going to... Let's arm wrestle. Do you really? I will pay money for that. How much do I get if I arm wrestle Stan? <laughs> you, you only get money. We if go left-handed. I'm pretty bad left-handed. For the for listeners out there, Stan is very large and strong, and I am small <laughs> and not strong. <laughs> Can you guys just wait till I get some popcorn? Maybe we should just take a question. Okay. The last social network to go public was Snapchat. What is Snapchat's stock valued at today for one share? Today, as we record this. One buffalo nickel. <laughs> Can I get a hey Siri? No. Okay. Um, 15... Can you ask Siri what the stock price is? Yeah, I was going to no. say. No. Okay. Can I cheat? Um, $15. Stan? Oh, I don't know. $4. All right. Rob's going to take this one again this week. It's eleven seventy-five. That share. is a four-week run. We have to stop this. All right, Rob, you know the drill. Reach into the bag of goodies okay. and pull out something fun. Oh, my God. Some combs. Sweet. Well done. Thank they are, you. They are neon orange. These are beautiful. And match your hair. Yes, they do. All right. Well done, Rob. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back. In just four days, Avengers Endgame will hit theaters, and nerds around the world, including this one, are pretty excited. But while this planet-hopping, jetpack-riding, god-smashing, time-traveling, Chris-filled extravaganza bears little resemblance to real life, some of its characters do seem a little familiar from time to time. What we mean is, boy, oh boy, do these boys love to talk, not unlike many of the grandstanding tech CEOs we listen to every day. 
So Corinne's got a game to test our knowledge of these blustering sound bites. That's right, Jason. Just like the bad guys in our favorite movies, tech CEOs love to monologue, they love to quip, or just generally shoot off their mouths. So what I'm going to do is read you guys a series of quotes with no attribution. Some of the quotes are direct quotes from tech CEOs. Some of them are from comic book and movie supervillains. All you have to do is tell me what's what. I look forward to crushing Stan and Rob in this game. All right, Stan, if you're good at something, never do it for free. That's from a movie. I know it's from a movie. So your answer is movie villain, right? <laughs> yes, that is the Joker. Right. Clown man. Got it. <laughs> All right, Rob. Yes. You'll just be amazed at how it's a quantum leap over anything that's out there. I'm going to say tech CEO. That is. That is Jim Basile, who was the CEO of BlackBerry. He was hyping the new BlackBerry OS that he promised everybody was going to be better than the iPhone. And guess how that worked out. R.I.P. R.I.P. Jason. I am not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Tech CEO. Supervillain. It's Bane. <sighs> no, you have to say it like Bane now. I don't know how to do that. Perhaps Stan. he's wondering why you would shoot a man <laughs> before throwing him out no of the plane. No voices. <laughs> that was a great invitation. <laughs> really good. All right. Stan, we know where you are. We know where you've been. We can more or less know what you're thinking about. I will guess tech CEO. <laughs> yes, that is Eric Schmidt, the CEO of Google, totally not being creepy. Rob, Hitler would have loved social media. Jesus Christ. Oh, I know this one. I know this one. I'm going to say tech CEO. It is. That's Bob Iger, Disney's CEO, rebuking social media giants for creating echo chambers for hate groups. That, mm. was, a, that was a recent quote. That was last week. Jason. You don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe, trust, let go, and see what happens. Movie. Joker, yes. Yeah. Stan, seems like an opportune moment to bring up the Fermi paradox, a.k.a. where are the aliens? Really odd that we see no sign of them. Sounds like a supervillain, so I'm going to say tech CEO. That is a tech CEO. It's Elon Musk. Being, you know. Of course it's Elon being Musk. Being Elon. Rob. Mm-hmm. In spite of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. That sounds like a supervillain. That is. It's the Green Goblin from Spider-Man, the 2002 Tobey Maguire version. Yes. <laughs> Jason, what I can't figure out is why is he even trying? He knows he can't win. Supervillain. Tech CEO Bill Gates, then the Microsoft CEO blasting Steve Jobs. Wow. 1988. So. My how the tides have turned. Yes. All right, Stan. Everything you've ever done in your life is my parents <laughs> <laughs> said to a young Stan, I, I guess, supervillain. No, that was Steve Jobs trying to hire Xerox designer Bob Belleville in 1981. Seems like a cool guy. Yeah, it's a really great recruiting tactic. <laughs> Rob, the heart will still be beating. The employees will still be cowering. Mm, supervillain? No, that is Jim McInerney, the Boeing CEO, responding to a question on an investor call in 2014 about whether or not he intended to retire. Interesting. And Jason, whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic inside it. Ugh, makes me want to throw up. I know. Tech CEO. Supervillain, Dr. Doom. So you guys did pretty good. The final score, Stan has three, Rob has three, and Jason? Crushed it, four. One. 
You got the balance of what they didn't get. Okay, so we have so a tie. So Stan and I tied again. Yes, Stan and Rob are tied once again. Okay, tiebreaker question. This is a number question. Closest answer wins. There are 22 Marvel Cinematic Universe films, which includes Avengers Endgame. If you watch all of them in one sitting, how many hours would it take? 36. Rob? Wait, that's a dumb answer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to change it? To, I just wanted to beat Rob to the punch. 48. I changed mine to 48. Okay. I want to say 55. So Stan is our winner. The answer is 48.1 hours. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you for I'm being I'm so happy Rob. for you. In case anybody is curious, that's 2,886 minutes. I was curious. Thank you, Corinne. Well done, Stan. We're going to move on to our final game of the episode. Last Sunday, after almost two years of waiting, Game of Thrones fans rejoiced as the show returned for its final season. The promise of brutal violence, gratuitous nudity, and Bran Stark creeping everybody out with his dead-eyed stare drew 17 million viewers and pushed the premiere into the fiber-optic throne as the network's most streamed show of all time, eclipsing last season's finale. Today, Stan will challenge us with more staggering streaming video stats in our latest edition of Don't Stat Me. From now on, I think I want you guys to call me Stan of House Seamless Deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see we are in the same house. Yes, we are countrymen. All right, so this truly is the golden age of TV, and with movies, live streams, and stupid YouTube videos of people talking into the camera about their boring lives, there's more to watch right now than there ever has been. In this game, I'm going to present you with some stats and give you a chance to show how much you know about the sweet, sweet eyeball nectar that is streaming video. You guys ready? Yes. Okay. My eyeballs are so hungry. Corinne, you can go first since you look the readiest. Later this year, Disney is finally launching its long-awaited streaming service, Disney+. Plus. We recently learned that it will only cost $7 per month, which seems cheap. In fact, it's probably too cheap. Disney plans to lose $2.5 billion next year while Mickey and Goofy and whoever else is in charge over there gets things going. The company plans to start making money in 2024. How many users does Disney expect to have by that point? Is it more or less than 50 million? More than 50 million. Because just quick, like rough mental math, like $7 a month amortized something, you know, finance word. More than 50 million. Yeah. They expect to have somewhere between 60 and 90 million users. And at that point, they will make a profit. It makes perfect sense because of all the properties that they have on lockdown. Like they have all the Marvel. They have all the Muppets. They have all the Disney. They have all the Pixar. That Star Wars. They have the Star Wars, lest we forget. Yeah. It's crazy that they expect to go from zero to 90 million. It's a lot. <laughs> over the course of five years. Never That's... underestimate the spending power of nerds and children. Yeah, and it could just go well beyond that. So pretty wild. Question number two, Jason. Netflix is the billion-pound gorilla in the streaming world, at least for now. In fact, a report from the end of 2018 claimed that Netflix alone was responsible for roughly 15% of total global internet traffic. In the United States, that number is even higher. Is it higher or lower than 20% of total U.S. internet traffic? Oh, 20% was a good number. Yeah. Uh, I think it's higher. It's lower. On average, it, Netflix is 19.1% of internet traffic. But That's a lot. Yeah, sometimes it does. That's still a fifth of all U.S. internet use. Yeah, they said that, that sometimes at some points, like when really popular stuff is happening, it can go up to 40%. Like I mean, spikes. okay, I should get a point then. <laughs> That's a, this is the average. Okay. 19.1 is the average. Okay. Rob, question number three. 
According to that same report by bandwidth management company Sandvine, both YouTube and Amazon Prime Video take up considerable chunks of the web as well. The two services were close. In fact, they're within 1% of one another. Which service generated more traffic, Amazon Prime Video or YouTube? I'm going to guess YouTube. This study said that Amazon Prime beat it by 2.2%. Amazon Prime was 7.7 and YouTube was 7.5. That's probably within the margin of error. Number four. While streaming is obviously Netflix's primary method for generating Scrooge McDuck-style vaults full of cash, (laughs) it will sell you— Just backflips. Backflips into pools of money. It will still mail you DVDs if that's what you're into. It's an appealing service for people who have limited bandwidth, short access to broadband, or would rather watch new-ish movies instead of streaming the same old episodes of The Office every night for the rest of their lives. Stan's life. Way to call me out. Yes, and myself. (laughs) That was a self-own. Is the number of DVD-by-mail Netflix subscribers above or below 2.5 million? Above. Hilariously, it is above. (laughs) But I wrote below as the answer. But no, it's two. Stan, what it's, is wrong with you? It's two point seven million, which is down from three point three million last year. And I believe that a lot of this is people who just got grandfathered in and never downgraded their accounts. So, like my guess of it being above isn't partially about viewing habits, but also just about consumer laziness. Also, the peak was in twenty ten around when they launched the streaming service to begin with. Was it with. closer to 10 million? It was 20 million. Holy wow. hell. Yeah. They were mailing a lot of DVDs. God, the Postal Service must have loved them. Yeah. yeah. Stan, you and I were talking about this on Twitter last week, that I don't own a Blu-ray player or a DVD player or any device that can play them, and I haven't for almost five years now. Yeah, I have a an Xbox One X, and that's the only thing that can play discs in my house anymore. Yeah, we use the PS3. Yeah, I had a really good Oppo Blu-ray player because they made really good ones, and now they don't even make them anymore. No, and who is it? Like, didn't Samsung stop making their Blu-ray players? Yeah. Yeah. And now the newest Xbox doesn't even have a disk drive now, and the new PlayStation probably won't either. So, If your Xbox breaks, will you get a separate device to play discs, or will you just go all digital? No. You know, I I will probably buy another disc-based Xbox because, A, I have a couple games left, and B, the new disc-free Xbox is the same size, and it's only $50 cheaper. So there's, like, no real benefit to buying the the discless Xbox. I don't even really understand it as a product unless, like, come Black Friday, they're just going to make it rain all over Best Buy. <laughs> it is. It's, it's going to be Bundle City. Yeah. So I will buy a new Xbox if mine breaks. So, Xbox, please don't send the break code. So, Jason and Rob should still answer their next questions, but I just want to point out right now that it's impossible for them to beat me. I got mine wrong. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Question five in this totally worthwhile game. (laughs) While it's fun to talk about the company spending billions of dollars to license old Friends episodes and make original content like the new Stranger Things, which should really just get here already— YouTube is doing just fine when it comes to viewership. In fact, the amount of time people spend watching YouTube every day is rather shocking. Is the total amount of video watched on YouTube every day above or below 800 million hours? I'm going to say more. According to Google, it is a billion total hours of video per day. Wow. I contribute too many of those hours. And more than seven. So many of them through autoplay. More than 70% of it happens on mobile. Which is many. Also through autoplay. 
Last question, Rob. Hello. It's a short question. Like me. Streaming video quality has come a very long way in the past decade, and now Ultra HD content flows easily if you have the necessary bandwidth. All those pretty pixels, however, make files pretty large. Is the total size of one hour of UHD footage bigger or smaller than five gigabytes? I think it's smaller, but by just a little bit. It is actually bigger. No. If you want to go full... Didn't come in last place. <laughs> if you want to go top, <laughs> once. top notch UHD 4K footage from Netflix, it is about seven gigabytes per hour. Whoa. If you want to go regular HD, it's about three gigabytes per hour. And if you want to go standard definition, you can count on one gigabyte per hour. Take that data caps. Yeah. Shove it. That's going to do it for this episode of Tecathlon. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you back here next Monday. Tecathlon is a popular science podcast. We're available on all major podcast platforms, so subscribe wherever you're listening now. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It will help other people to find the show. You can buy our merch, including T-shirts, tote bags, and mugs at popsci.threadless.com. The show is produced by the entire PopSci tech team and me, Jason Letterman. Our theme music is by Billy Cadden. If you have questions, suggestions, or opinions to share, tweet us at Techathlon Show. Thanks for listening.